I got a bone to pick with you, Ben. Oh, no. I think you sandbagged me on the last episode. I got a complaint. See, I here's I, I feel like uh, my my being a slow thinker hurts me on this show, and it slips by because so often in the what year and a half or so that we've been doing it, we tend to either be largely aligned or subtly disagree. But when we disagree, I, I feel like I'm not quick enough to catch you, and and I feel like I let you slide on just sort of stating as fact that the fingerprinting on device is less private than fingerprinting in the cloud when everybody else does it in a way that if I had more time and, and could have, I, I, I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't stand up for what's, what's obviously correct and where you're wrong on the last. Oh, well, I, I don't, I, I don't think it, it would depends on how you define privacy. That's, that's sort of my point. And I think, um, it, again, it's hard to keep track of when we recorded versus when I, you know, <laughs> we've both written about this a, a few times like from a intellectual perspective, I can understand the point Apple is making. It's certainly more private that your device is doing the scanning as opposed to them doing the scanning. If if you know your definition is an Apple owned chip doing the processing versus your own chip doing the processing, or however you want to define it, I think though that the way that people think about privacy, at least a lot of people, and I would put myself in this camp. There's other aspects beyond the fact that it's who owns like the actual processor and memory that the scanning is happening in. Like the control is a part of privacy as well. And the fact that it's Apple deciding what my device does to me feels like a just as much of a violation of privacy, if not more than them doing it in the cloud when I know they're going to do it in the cloud. But I see I, I to me, the fallacy there is that it only happens and they're adamant about it. It only happens the moment before an image is sent to their cloud. So in other words, here, here's here's an analogy. Let's say you're going to the airport and you ever get you ever get the thing where they put your hands through a scanner and they're checking for uh, like bomb materials. What if your car was able to uh, do that scan for you and give you a cryptographic okay and and it was good for an hour so you could like scan your own hand in your car and then go through airport security and give them the give them the a-okay for your thing now your car's doing it but you your car only does it when you're going through the airport and your car would never do it you have a, a promise and a guarantee from the manufacturer of your car that it's never going to scan your hand for bomb residue before you go to the airport yeah, I, but you're, I you're framing it you're framing like you're choosing for your car to do so like there's no choice here. There is but, choice. Uh, you don't use iCloud photos. And if you right, do uh, and, and and if they did what everybody else did, they would scan your photo on the other end of the wire. Here, here's the deal though. Like I I I I grant you your point. You are right. You can turn off iCloud photos. It is tied to it. I did do a follow-up making that super clear. So I I I grant you the point. Here's the difference though. If once you grant the point, then you're kind of the next step question is okay, what's the actual difference here other than we're actually saving Apple a lot of electricity and, and power by them not having to do it themselves? At the end of the day, it is a Apple-controlled mandated process where they're basically deputizing your processor and to frame it as this is somehow more private when like the scanning is being done under Apple's control by Apple design processes because you're part of their service. I find this distinction that it's somehow more private because it's not happening on, on, on their cloud. It's happening on your device when actually to your point, it is actually all tied together to be, to be kind of a meaningless one. I mean, it, the, I would, again, 
I, and I, I, you know, I think we both talked to Apple this week and I told them, I'm like, I get that from a certain perspective, from the way you guys are thinking about it. My point of view is irrational. Like I, I said that, like, I get it. Like I, I can understand that. I just vastly, cause they, they asked me like, would you rather we do it? Would you rather all your photos got scanned on our servers? I'm like, yes, I would. And like they, 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 I, they blew their mind. Like, but, but yeah, that's, but just, I, that's just, that's just how I feel. And I think that that speaks to a lot of the reaction other people have. But I also think that if you took, here's a hypothetical I've I've thought. What if everybody had already been doing it this way and no online service accepted an inline, incoming photo for saving to your own online library or sharing on, on a social network? Every single time you upload that they scan on your computer before the upload starts they scan it fingerprint it and then the upload includes the fingerprint that occurred locally if everybody else was doing that for the last 10 15 years or however long some of these places have been scanning for csam from the uh, nicmac database and all of a sudden apple last week announced we're going to start accepting the photos and we're going to do the scanning server side people would have lost their shit a hundred times more. I think there's a tremendous bias and knee-jerk reaction here simply because right now Apple's the only one on the other side of the street. And that what we've accepted as the status quo, that all of these images get scanned server-side in the cloud, is ridiculous if you think about it in the alternate universe where, where the converse had been happening all along. Clearly, it, the, the argument that which one is more private would be obvious. I get what you're saying. I hear that. There's another analogy that that I have to this situation, which is remember when uh, OS 10 changed the document model? I think it was in in Lion, where they're like, "Oh, we want to be more iPhone like, and so we're going to get rid of like save as, and instead it's mm-hmm. going to be yeah. auto saving all the time." It's been what a decade, twelve years? I, I I don't know how long it's been. I I still can't handle it. I just, I can't, my brain doesn't work that way. I hate using Apple document-based apps because of it. And I avoid them. Like I, I haven't used pages since then, basically. And yes, I know you can press an option key and get back to the old behavior and you could do change it, whatever. Like it, it, I just, it, it just, my brain doesn't work that way. I, I don't get it. And so I will grant you, I'll, I'll grant you your hypothetical, even though I hate granting hypotheticals. And I, and the reality is, is it doesn't work that way and it hasn't worked that way. And I would push back a little bit and say, I do think there is an important and meaningful difference between your computer and my computer and scanning in the cloud is you have a cloud service. We're going to scan it on our computers. And, and, and the way this actually works is again, they're deputizing my computer to be a part of their service. Like, I mean, again, do they want to pay me for electricity for doing so? Well, like there, there's a, there's a line that's been crossed where it's been melded into one thing. And on one hand, that's a defensive apple because it, they can claim that this really is part of a cloud service. And that's a claim that they, that they've tried to make. But once it's part of a cloud service, then, then it, it kind of raises a different question. Why are you using my device to do it? Why not just do it in the cloud? I think their claim that this is some massive win on privacy is in sort of uh, conflict with their claim that actually it's a really a cloud service. Like, like okay, I, think, I could, it's, I it's, think a, it's an intellectual argument that that doesn't resonate with me. I can concede all the way to the point that it that there's no privacy difference either way. That either I hand my photo over and you generate a checksum on your side, or I hand to you a photo wrapped in a cryptographic envelope. That includes a checksum 
the same checksum, right? Right, because that's not part of the part of the program, right? Is that the user itself doesn't know what it is, but they, you don't know it. But you don't know it when they compute it after you've handed the photo over, right? right? Exactly. So to your point, so, I disagree. So I'll you. concede yeah. that it's equally private, and that arguing that this is more private right now, everything we know that Apple has announced about what they're doing is more private. I'll even concede that there's a very there's a very strong argument that it's equally. But I don't think there's any argument that it's less private. And I think it's more so. And and again, I'm more convinced than ever that the other shoe to drop is Apple expanding end-to-end encryption for iCloud backups and iCloud photos. And when they do, this will all make sense. And everybody will say, oh, that's why they added that. Because once they have end-to-end encryption, it's impossible for them to do it on their side. If three years from now, there still is no end-to-end encryption on iCloud for photos, I will then say, hmm, I do wonder now why Apple chose to do it this way and take an enormous publicity hit when. Yeah, well, we, 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 we've been, we, I think we've been on the same page that this is inevitably leading to it being end end encrypted. Like that's, that's the obvious sort of payoff here. All right. We're running short on time. I don't think there's much to talk about with this. Three, three senators today in the U.S. Senate announced the, or released the Open App Markets Act, which I was braced to be some sort of 200 page law that uh, I was going to take all day to read. Wrong. It's 10 pages long, including a cover page and two pages of boilerplate at the end. So it's really only about seven pages long. It's incredibly short. I don't think, I think it's so facile. I I don't expect anything even vaguely resembling this to ever pass. Uh, I think this is a political stunt. I could be totally wrong. I'm not an expert. Maybe this will get passed as is, uh, which would be, Truly remarkable. Well, why, why? Why do you think? Why do you think it's facile? I just think it's too short. And I think there's. I, I and I think a lot of it is incredibly broad. I like the fact that it's short and clear. I mean, I think it's for the most part pretty straightforward. My objection is the same objection that I've had and have sort of warned Apple about, which is all APIs you use for your apps have to be available to all apps. Like that's that's the part that that's a lot of complexity and importance that's distilled into like 10 words. Um, but the idea that you can use any payment processor and you have to allow like other ways to install apps, like I, I'm not saying like we can debate whether it's a good or bad idea, but I'm not sure how much more complexity you need. I think something that actually has teeth would have to get very specific about how it is. And I, I think I, I could be wrong. I mean, you know, but I... I don't know. This is, it's incredibly broad. It's breathtaking as it's written. According to this, Facebook could keep their app in the app store and then have their app that's delivered through the app store tell everybody to tap this button to get the new version of Facebook from the Facebook iOS app store. And that app would have none of the regulations that Apple applies to the actual app store for anything. Privacy, the, the all the user tracking that they tried to get through a VPN. Uh, it, it'd just be you know, open season on on the privacy related issues, and there's nothing Apple could do about. It. They couldn't even say that you can't put that app in Apple's App Store. That the app in Apple's App Store has to allow people to steer themselves outside the App Store. I mean, it's you know, again, that's what it says. But then on the other hand, there's a clause in Apple's favor that says uh, that none of this applies if it's necessary to achieve user privacy, security, or digital safety. So it, to me, the way it's written, it, it, in some ways, there's like one section that would be, you know, like the epic 
Facebook, whoever wants to circumvent the App Store and install stuff like they do on Macs and PCs, it's their dream. And then there's a get out of jail free card where if Apple can make an argument that it's against user privacy, then it doesn't apply. I definitely agree on the second point. On the first point, I come back to like, why are we so horrified that users can control their device? And Apple could absolutely argue and make the case that, hey, not using our app store is a bad idea. It's, it's going to hurt your phone. There's arguments they can make that you're taking in your own hands and you're causing your own problems. And we sort of agreed that Google having warnings about this was was reasonable. And, you know, that's something to push back on to the extent that would be limited. But What's the problem with Apple competing on the merits, saying that our store is better, we protect your privacy. If you get stuff from elsewhere, you're not that's not necessarily going to happen. And by the way, Apple can still limit the IDFA. That's the key thing that's hurting Facebook anyway. Of course, there can be the back-end server-to-server communication, but it's awfully weird that Apple is able to use something like App Store approval to reach into back-end servers anyway. Well, we'll see. I, I mean, it's it's obviously something we could talk about at length. I also think that the clause about uh, providing APIs that are the same as the ones that the first party uses at the same time, and that's but that's the that's exactly why Apple should have chilled out about this stuff. That's the big problem for Apple. Like, is that specific clause, and that's showing up in all these pieces of regulation. Yeah, it's and that's why pursuing the money was is such a uh, conflict of interest, and it you know. And if they had made concessions over the last decades, slow but steady, you know, more or less along the lines of that Schiller mem- memo, uh, they could say, look, we're not in it for the memo for the money. Look at what we've done here, 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 this year, that year, 2017, 2018, 2019. We did this, that and the other. Whereas anybody who wants to say, no, you're, I think you're just in it for the money ha- has a leg to stand on. No, that's exactly where I'm kind of at here. I mean, on one hand, I'm being a little sort of adversarial to your point, but there is some aspect where Apple has this coming. Like their their policies around the App Store have gone too far for too long. And I've been consistent about this point for many, many years before it was cool to say so. And, And they've only gotten worse. And at some point, it's like you can't be trusted to self regulate because you're, you, you've demonstrated you can't and won't. And what happens then? Does it end up going too far the other way? It probably does, but who's actually to blame for that? I don't know, but it's basically, it's it, it, if you wanted to make a shorter version of this legislation, it should say that uh, Android and iOS devices should uh, allow the same things that Macs and PCs do. And Sounds good to me. Well, yeah, yeah, and it sounds terrible to most people whose Macs and PCs, especially their PCs, are are riddled with software they don't they don't want. Right, but Apple could still offer a hey, you stay in our service in our sandbox, you'll have a great experience. Well, uh, Google did that, and Epic still sued them, and they're still named in the suit. Well, anyone can sue anyone. 